This is Channel 253. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rood, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. I'm Candice. I'm Doug. And we are the Citizen Tacoma podcast, informing an empowered electorate. I thought we were empowering an informed electorate. In In the the city city of destiny. Citizen Tacoma. My heart beats true blue. Citizen Tacoma. I'll always vote for you. Thank you so much for coming out tonight. My name is Nate Bowling, and I want to welcome you to Adult Civics Happy Hour number 15. That's XV. About two years ago, we started a vision of we can pack out bars and talk about local politics, and it's happened 14 times. And so, welcome to number 15. Today is called the shady state of the city. Uh, I wanna lay out what the vision for this was and what the reality was. Uh, The vision was that we were gonna have a city council member, a school board member, a public utility board member, and a member of Metro Parks come and sit down and kind of lay out the state of the city. Here's what happened though. <laughs> well, we, what, we, what happened was we had a death in the family. Uh, we had a bunch of stuff. And so we're still gonna have that conversation. Uh, Enrique Leon from the school board is gonna join us and Eric Hanberg is gonna join us. And they're gonna do the electeds panel and they're gonna talk on behalf of their boards. And then our Challenge 253 hosts are gonna come up and talk about their wheelhouses and their issues. But first, some announcements. Uh, on behalf of Channel 253, which is a labor of love, I would genuinely and truly like to welcome you to Adult Civics Happy Hour. Uh, the vision of this meeting and the vision of like this community is, is that we can be engaged in local issues with passion and fervor, acknowledging the president of the United States is a jackass and we can't change him, but we can change our city councils, we can change our school boards, we can change our legislative districts, we can change our city. And so, to the volunteers that make this possible, thank for being here. First time attendees, thanks for being here. Five and 10 time attendees, I love you the most. Thanks for being here. Uh, Let's have a good time tonight. This event is brought to you by Channel 253. If you're not aware, Channel 253 is a network of local podcasts. Uh, We have eight shows right now with a ninth one coming that I think you will talk about. Okay, with a ninth show coming. And the idea is how can we uh, utilize Voices in Tacoma talk about issues of, that are of importance and inform people. And so if you're a Channel 253 show host, please wave your hand. Okay, great. So Move to Tacoma, the OG with the pot auntie, is interviews about whatever is on her mind at the moment, frankly. Uh, Nerd Farmer's national conversation with the local lens. The host is quite handsome. Uh, we Art Tacoma is about art in Tacoma. Citizen Tacoma is Candace Rude struggling her best not to be awkward talking about talking about matters of civics and the politicians and always going afterwards ooh I should have went harder on them go harder go harder go harder Uh, the Flounders B team is a local soccer podcast talking about the Seattle Sounders and then our own Rain FC and Tacoma Defiance Uh, the most beautifulest hostess on the network though is my dear Hope Evangeline Teague. Uh, and she hosts the Interchange with White Ladies, which is trying to get, trying to get people to be less basic. Uh, and then uh, Taco Man, who could not be here tonight, but is a fine, fine chap. And then Crossing Division, which is a conversation where we try to bring people from different sides of issues and together to have complicated conversations about our city. But there's a new podcast coming, Eric. Do you want to jump up for that? So one of the things uh, that membership, uh, first of all, how many people here are members? Because I think there's actually a lot. Yeah, look at that. That's awesome. So one of the things membership helps us to do is to like plan ahead and know that uh, we can do really cool things. And one of those is add more podcasts. We have uh, the last year's Tacoma Peace Prize winner, Melanie Denise Cunningham, and her sister, Audrey Cunningham, who are going to join uh, the network for a show that they call What Say You? And the two of them together are amazing audio. And I am so excited to get uh, these two new voices onto uh, what we're doing. So that's going to launch sometime within the next month. Um, and it's going to be really exciting. And uh, we might even then, shortly after that, launch what I'm calling the Tacoma Six Pack. Uh, and that is six episodes from a single host so that we can get like someone's, like, like 
Maybe they can't do like a full podcast, but we can get them in for six episodes, talk about something, and then the next time that you hear that, it'll be another six episodes from a different host. So I think that that'll be really cool as well. And that's uh, because we, we have support of the community. So thank you. Speaking of, uh, tonight at the end of the panel, so sorry if you were hoping I would do this right now, we're going to draw for airfare for two to anywhere that Alaska Airlines flies. Anywhere Alaska flies? That's right. <laughs> Hosts are not eligible to win. But all of you are if you're members of Channel 253. If you are not a member of Channel 253, you have uh, another half hour to enter. You can do it on your phone. That's not the winner right there. Channel253.com slash Alaska. $4 a month or $40 a year. And what that's going to allow us to do, uh, first of all, you might win. Uh, and I have the card, so if you join, I'll see it on my phone and I'll write your name. Um, as I mentioned, the podcast, that's something else that, uh, that we're able to do because of this. We're also going to keep doing um, some special events. So we had a member social at the, the Grand where we bought people a, a movie ticket and uh, after a mixer. Uh, next month, the uh, Citizens for a Healthy Bay is going to take eight of our members out uh, on the water. Um, ooh. Damn, no, like boats on. <laughs> but because it's only eight, you're going to have to be really fast, so watch for that email. And uh, former TNT reporter Sean Robinson uh, is going to do a series of stories for us. Um, and uh, right now he is working on uh, what's happening at the school district because it is undercovered uh, in our local paper. So that's the kind of thing that your membership supports if you're interested in joining. And uh, again, as soon as the panel ends, we're going to do the drawing. So as a reminder, it's happy hour, do you. Restrooms are that way, beer is that way, hot dogs are that way. If you need to use one of those things, use one of those things, but don't use the restroom with the hot dogs. Never mind anyway. Um, if you have questions, we're collecting questions two ways. Uh, the first way is the high-tech way. Tweet your questions using hashtag ACHH253. And then also, dear, are we doing paper questions this time around? Excellent. Uh, my lovely wife has uh, three by five cards. If you have a question you want to ask, get a card from her and fill it out. And if it's a good question, we'll ask it. And if it's not, we'll look at you funny. Oh, and there's one more thing that I always forget. Uh, there's the shame bell. Uh, I want to say this like with no shade intended, but like school board meetings and city council meetings and Metro Parks meetings are uh, technical sometimes and a bit dry. And so because it's happy hour, we have a jargon-free environment. So if one of, our, one of our guests or myself slips into jargon, like edu speak, for example, I start using ed acronyms, you will hear the sound. And for the panelists, that means go ahead and break that down, explain it for the public. All right. So, our first panel is going to be a about 15-minute conversation with our elected officials who are here. And so, first off, we have Eric Hanberg from Metro Parks. Eric, come on up. Did I choose the right one? Okay. Okay. And then, in a way, my boss, uh, Enrique Leon from Thomas Schools. So, Enrique, I'm sorry, Dr. Leon, come on up. And if there's an emergency, yes, the answer is there's a doctor in the house. Uh, so each of you are elected officials. I'm wondering, on behalf of each of your governing bodies, could you just give us what is the state? So what is the state of Metro Parks and what is the state of TPS? Eric, you go first. Okay. Uh, this is where I say the state of Metro Parks is good. <laughs> uh, Metro Parks has been around 100 years because the voters had the foresight to separate parks from the, the city funding, which means even in downtimes, we still have parks and recreation. So that's, that's really where the initial credit uh, belongs. Um, the real story of the last year is three capital projects, opening an aquarium, opening the Eastside Community Center, the largest uh, community center that we've built, and uh, what is going to be having a soft opening on July 6th, uh, Dune Peninsula and Wilson Way, which is the giant overpass that connects uh, Ruston Way to uh, Point Defiance. So each of those individually, yeah. Each of those individually would have been like the largest capital project that we'd ever undertaken, and we were doing all three of them within the same year. We were all doing all of them opening uh, just sequentially one after another, which is kind of crazy. Um, 
but the really, I think the, 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 the thing that we're really focused on now is really trying to make sure that we are doing equitable service uh, across the district. Um, the east side, you know, the, what we did with Eastside Community Center is a really important step, but the east side still has a bunch of uh, chronically underserved areas that we should be participating in. Amen. And so uh, that's, that's, where, uh, that's where I still see a lot of progress that needs to be made. Dr. Leon, same question. Uh, the state of the schools is good um, also, so I'd like to um, discuss a little bit of uh, what we're working on with regard to, I'm not going to get the bell rung on me, but this thing called social-emotional learning, which is how to have kids. I'm going to define it. I'm going to define it. it. I'm going to define it. <laughs> so teaching skills to kids and adults to around um, how to communicate, be team members, uh, receive and give feedback in a way that's uh, positive. And that helps people be in a safer place um, emotionally and physically in order to learn the reading, writing, arithmetic. So that curriculum was just purchased for the whole district this year, uh, uh, last month. Uh, so I'm excited about getting that rolled out. The, the negative part this year, of course, was our school strike that we had, which was very, um, very sad and very unfortunate. Uh, the positive, of course, that came was a well-deserved raise for uh, our teachers. Um, so there are, uh, there are some initiatives in it, um, that we're working on uh, with regard to getting um, uh, school-based health centers uh, in schools. We have our first one at Oakland High School where physicians and nurse practitioners go to the school and see the students there. It's very difficult to get adolescents to come in and see doctors in clinics. We can't get them to do it very, very well. So being able to see them in the school-based health center allows us to deal with substance abuse, um, um, depression, anxiety, suicide prevention, STD prevention, uh, pregnancy prevention, all the things that can kind of derail someone, someone's life. Um, so we're excited to do that uh, as a public-private partnership with Multicare and PLU. And we, Multicare wants to do one or two more uh, in other schools. So I'd like to bring one to Lincoln. I brought one to Mount T. And then, of course, there are the other high schools in town, too. Um, I could go on for a while, but I don't know how much longer you want me to just... Oh, you're good, you're good. <laughs> uh, so the next question for both of yeah. you is, uh, so you kind of walk through initiatives that you're excited about. Uh, what are some things that folks should be paying extra attention, uh, sorry, extra attention to in the near future? So like, where should folks be focusing uh, their public attention? Uh, I, I think for us, it, it does come back to equity, and that's in a, in a few ways. Um, one of the most obvious ones is, is that Metro Parks uh, has established that we no longer want to have like a a standard of like everyone should be within 15 minutes to a park, like a 15 minute walk. We want it to be a 10 minute walk. Um, that's something that when we map it, only about 50 some odd percent of Tacoma is within that, dis hmm. within a 10 minute walk to a park. Um, when you also look at it and you say, well, what about like, um, what about the schools? So a lot of people use their, you know, their local play, play field that's for the schools as their park. It increases to the 70 percentile, but it's still not, that's still leaving a lot of people underserved. Um, so there's two ways that we're trying to tackle that. One, how do we find more parkland? One of the easiest ways to do that would be trails because trails are these long linear parks. If you think about them that way, what a really good way to run by a lot of people. Um, the other way that we're trying to do that is, again, buy more land, buy, get some new parks in there. And then the other way, and actually I don't know if this has gotten, gotten to you yet, uh, but we're thinking about, well, what if we could work with the school district and figure out how to take those school playgrounds, school fields, and actually upgrade them to a way that like it works for us so they're they become even better and better serve the community so that's one thing the other thing that we're going to be rolling out soon is uh, the master plan for Ruston Way and Ruston Way has been around for 40 some odd years and if it's to exist in the next 40 um, it it's may have to to go up several feet in elevation if you think about it climate change sea level rise might um, endanger one of the, the the best public assets we have um, I have not yet seen the plan, but this is something that I know that they're taking into account. They've worked with the railroad, the restaurants, the city, metro parks, and ecology, and all sorts of other departments. So that's one where we really have an opportunity to just reimagine how that entire thing uh, works for the people. Um, but it might actually, to do something like that, take a long time to figure out how it actually happens. But the plan's going to be coming out soon. Dr. Leon, same question. What should folks be uh, looking forward to? So. Uh I think that one thing we're working on is uh, the uh, discipline issue and how that is dealt with in the, in the schools. Sorry, every teacher in that corner of the room started nodding really hard. <laughs> <laughs> there is, there is um, for a long time in the history of, of, of education, there's been 
kid misbehaves, you get him out of the classroom, put him on suspension, and, and these things that we know we, does not work for a kid's education. We want to keep them engaged um, in the system, have, uh, be able to de-escalate, have kids understand uh, with each other how to um, do a restorative justice, which means basically apologizing and telling someone how you, what it was that someone did to hurt your feelings or did something to you and how it made you feel and try to find a resolution um, and restore, restore your relationship with that person. So there's work being done around that at, at, at a pilot level that's been done and now, like I said, I would like to push that through all the schools at an accelerated rate because um, that could take years, potentially two or three years. It would be nice to try to do this in a, in, a, in a faster fashion, like a year uh, or so. But that, uh, my being new to the board, um, I would need support and, and, and advice from all you teachers in the room, of course, and administrators too. Um, the, other, the other thing I think is very exciting, I think we'd, we'd like to look at is we're studying it now, we'd like your input, is changing the bell schedule. So this is, a, this is an issue that affects- Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's the jargon? You, no, no, no. That is, oh. I've been saying this oh, for, oh. for years. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. Okay. I, so, so for those who don't know, high school starts at 7.35 in the morning. Uh, and yeah. do, you know what, do you know what doesn't start at that time? High schoolers. So yeah. you were saying. So the teachers know this, but if someone here is not a teacher, you, you may not. So there's the science around brain science and the education science are all pointing to High school kids and some middle school kids should be going to school later. Uh, elementary school kids get up um, easier in the morning and can go to school earlier. So reversing this will take time and effort from all of us doing a, you know, a study to, to uh, figure out what it is that's important for folks in the town to, to, to make this happen. But it is going to be hard work and we would need everyone's support uh, in order to do this. But it's really what's best emotionally, physically, and educationally for our kids. So you're talking to a group of folks who on a, what day of the week is it? Monday. Monday. On a Monday, instead of watching the Mariners lose, decided to come out and like talk about civics. And so I'm gonna, last question for each of you is an ask for them. What's something that they can do to be more involved in parks and more involved in Tacoma schools? Um, I'd like you to come to the board meetings and talk to us uh, there at the board meetings um, and let us know how you feel about bell schedules, how you feel about social emotional learning, uh, kids just, you know, the restorative justice issues, safety uh, for your kids. I think it's important to, to hear from you. Um, I appreciate the phone calls and emails. I think it's important for also my colleagues on the board and the superintendent and her team to hear those, um, those voices. So I think that's important. Uh, I would ask, I want you to use the parks as much as you possibly can this summer. I mean, I feel like this is one of those things where, where a lot of people uh, they love that they're, we're in Tacoma because there's such great parks and then they're just not in them. And we saw this, this surge of, of people using them during, uh, during the recession because people weren't going on vacation, they were staying local. Um, but I feel like, like a lot of people here have, have, could be using the parks a lot more and I think you would be surprised what is there. So here's what I would say, use them, check them out all summer and then email me or email the board the things that you don't like because uh, we really do listen to those things. Um, and, and the parks are amazing and I feel like we, this is the time to really take advantage of them. So that's what I'd ask. All right, thank you very much. Let's give a round of applause please. Now we're gonna switch the panel up a little bit and we're gonna have uh, the podcast hosts, pundits, and assorted misfits up here. <laughs> Listen, this is a, a band of rogues for sure. Uh, first up is host of Citizens Coma, Candace Rude. Candace, come on up, please. Wh wherever you like. Uh, true story, we were trying to figure out something on, on Slack on Sunday morning, and like we're all messaging, 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 and Eric goes, we need to check with, Can with Candace. And I'm like, her millennial ass is still asleep. <laughs> so like 10.45, Candace is like, hey guys. So, uh, next up, interchangeable white lady host, Hope Teague Bowling. Yeah. And crossing division host and candidate for the port, Justin Camerata. <laughs> so to be clear, you're gonna be talking on, be on behalf of and about the city of Tacoma, city government on behalf of and about Tacoma Schools, and on behalf of and about the port. I mean, I don't work for the city, but. Well, you know that part. <laughs> We're interchangeable, so I think we'll just go back and forth. 
drum roll. Wait, shout out to whoever actually booed, by the way. Like, I respect you for that. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So from the non-elected, from the uh, practitioner, reporter, uh, citizen point of view, uh, Justin, what's the state of the port? I guess that depends strongly on who you ask what the state of the port is. Um, from my view, it's not great. Um, Doug just said to hold this closer to my mouth. Sorry about that. Um, I think when you take a look at the port right now, it's frankly a disaster down there. I think we've got a lot of people that have been there for a very, very long time that are very invested in keeping things exactly as they've been for the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years or whatever. We've got a massive targeted expansion of fossil fuels down there. We've got a lot of businesses that now a lot of people are starting to ask, is this really what we want for this community and for this major port? Um, there's a lot of discussion about the LNG facility. The Puyallup tribe is starting to get really, really visible and active in a way that I don't think I've seen in my entire time of living here within the city. So we're definitely at a bit of a crossroads at the moment. And I think people are ready for something a little bit different. We have two vacancies coming up out of five on the Port Commission. So I am seeking position three on that. So full disclosure, I am a candidate. So feel free to take whatever I say with a complete grain of salt. <laughs> is there another candidate in the room, by the way? There is. Kristen Ng for position five. Back in the corner. You should definitely yeah. vote for Kristen Ng. Position five. What's the mean age of the port commissioners at the moment? The youngest one that I'm aware of, I believe, is 71. So, you know, I look at the, the crowd in here and the average age in here, it's definitely not represented there at the moment. All right. Uh, and by the way, for the record, Justin uh, was invited today to be at the Key Peninsula Democrats uh, endorsement committee meeting and chose to be here. <laughs> and chose to be here instead with you all. So thank you very much. I don't hang out with harassers. Yeah, yeah. The Key Peninsula Democrats is some really great reporting on that. You should Google it because that's complicated. Anyway, uh, Candace, I want to go to you. Candace, uh, what is your take right now on. Uh, actually, hold on. One clarifying thing uh, we've had 15 of these. At least three of them have had like a housing focus and a home system focus. And so if you're really curious about housing issues, uh, listen to the archives. They're available on ChannelChip.com. Uh, so Candace, putting housing to the side for right now, what's the state of the city? Uh, I, it's nice to be a, not a reporter anymore and be able to actually say what I think. Um, I do think it's mostly good. And then again, that depends on who you are. But I think we're moving in a better and more progressive direction. And uh, I think we do truly, like I can say this from the bottom of my heart, for the most part, we have elected officials who listen to us for the most part. I do think there's some lip service being paid on a number of issues, including whoa, LNG. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I'm like, name names, tell stories. <laughs> I think that there's uh, maybe some people on the city council haven't landed on, well, oh my God. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> it rhymes with, it rhymes with. <laughs> Don't say any names. I think every, uh, okay. Uh, so Robert Toms being for sure one of them. Uh, there are also more progressive members of the city council that have taken money from a lot of businesses on the port, and people need to be aware of that. Go to the PDC and check where folks are getting their money from. Just saying. <laughs> like, you can't say that you're against LNG and get money from PSE. Candice, I'm proud of you. <laughs> it was really hard. I've been, my whole life I've been neutral, so I'm coming out of my shell. And I like to sleep in. <laughs> uh, Hope, as, as a teacher in Tacoma, uh, and, a, and a, somebody who's, this is Tacoma, sorry, Tacoma's your third district. So you have experience in Culver Park, experience in Kent. Uh, Hope, what's the state of Tacoma schools? I'm reminded of a phrase in Chinese that kills mama hoo hoo, which means so-so. Um, and so I think there's some great things that are happening, as was mentioned earlier on. Um, but I think we're still recovering from the strike, if I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of uh, hurt feelings still amongst teachers across the district. There's a lot of families that feel marginalized or, or where they already were, and they continue to feel that way and continue to feel like their voices are not heard. Um, that said, there's been some really great activism that's happened as a result of the strike. I think a lot more teachers are starting to get more engaged, um, showing up at school board meetings. I think a lot more community members are starting to use that as a space to get active. Um, there's a pretty big parent group that started on Facebook, which I know some folks are involved in, that is just a real um, fantastic place to 
organized in terms of communication about what's actually happening and a place for people to ask questions. I think a lot of folks feel marginalized from um, the powers that be that run uh, the district simply because of not knowing how to communicate with them or not sure if they'll listen. Um, so there's a lot more of that, like just problem solving around how do we communicate better, how do we make sure you email, how do you scope, uh, show up at these meetings. Um, so I think that's really great. But I, there's also you know, some things coming up like elections and whatnot. So I think that's something to be said for the fact that there's two positions open and there's people that are running for those spots besides the people that are already in there. And so I think when thinking about that, <coughs> somebody, I'm not wearing a pin of anybody's um, <laughs> right now, uh, but thinking about those new voices that are coming in and just thinking about who we want to lead our district. They have a, uh, the school board has a lot of power and I think people forget how much power they have um, that can be used for good, that can be used for uh, making our students um, have just more opportunities and a better educational experience. And so I think it's that, that mama who is like so-so, like here's the good things, but also there's a lot of work to be done. Okay. Full disclosure, by the way. Uh, so Enrique, sorry, Dr. Leon is up for re-election this time around. And then Lisa Keating is running for a seat uh, against Debbie Winskill. Uh, well, and there's two, there's two people running against Dr. Leon, um, Christopher Kern and John Marsden. And so they have some statements out there. I really just encourage people, regardless of who's running, to just check out those folks, see if they align with your values, what you care about, see what they say they're going to do, do they have the qualifications, and then get behind the people that you feel like are going to take care of business for you. I'm going to ask each one of you to talk about like, things that in particular you're concerned about. So what concerns you right now about the city of Tacoma, uh, besides housing for right now? What concerns you about TPS? What concerns you about the port? Me? Why uh, not? Okay, also, uh, I forgot to mention that there are four seats that are up for election this year on the city council, so please raise your hand if you're running for the city council this year so I can identify you and run away from you later. There you go. <laughs> hey. Thank you for being here, both of you or whoever else is here. Um, I'm personally a little concerned about the sub-area plan. Um, again, to name names, more than two years ago, Robert Tom said we would have one in 18... Oh, sorry, yes, okay. The, what was that? That I, was a very bitter bell I ringing. Get, <laughs> yeah, I get the shame bell for breathing wrong, sub-area yeah. plan. So the sub-area plan, as uh, Justin touched on earlier, is a roadmap for the future of the Port of Tacoma slash Tide Flats area. Right now there's a huge debate over whether we want fossil fuel businesses that already are there to expand. Should we be able to have new ones? Should we be able to house uh, detainees on the Tide Flats? No, no, we should not. Um, so there's a huge debate about that. Uh, two years ago, the city council said it would pretty much be done by now, and we've barely, barely inched forward. The only good news about this is that the Puyallup tribe is a member at the table, and that for the first time, they have a real seat at the table and are being taken seriously. Um, I'm also concerned about the future of the Click Network. A lot. <laughs> uh, I, don't, I know I could get shame belled for that, but um, it's America's. What's Click stand for? Oh God, does it stand for it's something? Not, no, it's oh, not Jesus. an acronym. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't confuse me. Uh, our public uh, municipal broadband system is going to essentially be privatized for 40 years. Uh, if you are a current Rainier Connect customer, I guess that's what you can expect for the next 40 years of your life. Um, I, I didn't think I'd ever side with Mitchell Shook on anything, but he is suing, he owns Advanced Stream, which is the other local broadband company, and he is suing to get a public referendum, so the public would have to, if the judge says yes, the public would have to vote on the right to lease this municipal broadband system out, and for once, I side with him, and I hope he wins. Uh, what should folks be concerned about with Tacoma Schools? Uh, well, I'm going to ignore your question and just talk about what I want, uh, which is like really good, right? I've been told Wait, that's hold what I on. should do. I've, I've never seen a more clear metaphor for our marriage ever. Sweet she Lord. went there. Wow. Um, well, two things I care, I care a lot about, and I think you should too, so that's what I'm going to talk about. Um, special education. So our special education students are extremely underserved across the state and the nation, but particularly in Tacoma schools, well, I'll speak to that. Um, there's a lot of problems, and right now we don't have the funding. There's been some change that happened in the legislature this spring, right, um, to help with that, but the reality is a lot of students are not getting their needs met. So individualized education plans, IEPs, uh, basically Ooh. say that kids need certain things to learn and be in the most effective learning environment. And so a lot of times um, staff is overworked and um, unable to like 
there's just a lot of paperwork and a lot of things going on with that. But the reality is, what does it mean for kids in a classroom? And that's the issue. And particularly, if you've seen any of my talks and like read my writing, I really am mad about that when it comes to AP and honors classes. And so I think those kids can totally take those classes but need supports. And so um, that is something that I think people should get involved in and be active about. And then along with that is English language learners or EL kids. Um, same boat in the sense of like people often leave them out. They're like, yeah, whatever, that's fine. Um, the fact that there's not enough funding for helping those students, training for staff to be able to help those students meet their, meet their full potential because their brains are doing a million different things at once. They speak multiple languages and they're reading and writing in those languages. And it's pretty wild the stuff that um, our kids go through and experience. And so I think um, if you care about those kind of communities that are often left out, getting involved, learning about what those things are, going to those school board meetings um, and being part of the conversation for how do we help our students. Again, that is Hope Teague, host of the Interchangeable White Ladies podcast. Uh, Justin? Yeah, so I think as I think about this question, I would say caring about the port at all in the first place would probably be a really big step. <laughs> and the reason I say that is because it's just not a sexy office. I'll be the first to acknowledge that and I'm running for it. It's really boring, right? I mean, like you deal with land use, you deal with trade issues. Uh, I'm very excited by all those things. Well, I am, too, I am too. Thank you. But my heart's beating fast. Nerds unite. I think nerds the, unite. The fact of the matter is, the the port has for a long time basically run itself like a private business. Um, it's basically been a small number of people that are exceptionally well connected to industry uh, and all these different groups that have basically run it as if it's their own thing. And so what's happened as a result of that is we've gotten to this point that we're at right now where things have gotten so contentious, there's so much damaged public trust, uh, and we're at the spot now where we're, we're having to have this debate at a time when we know we need to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. We're having this debate about whether we should be expanding fossil fuels at the port or not. Um, so a few things that I'm paying attention to in addition to just trying to get more people uh, engaged with the port, which so far I can say very happily that I think that is starting to change. People are starting to pay attention in a different way that I haven't seen before. But uh, Candace touched on the sub-area plan. I think that is huge. And part of why that's important is not just even the fossil fuel issue. It's also things like, uh, what kinds of businesses are we actually going to pursue to be down there? What kinds of things are we going to do with publicly owned land? What are we going to be spending public tax dollars on? Which, by the way, you're paying property taxes. Some of that does go to the port. A lot of people don't know that. But if you're paying a property tax bill every month, you are paying for some things at the Port of Tacoma. Half the people in this room, I couldn't even tell you everything that they're paying for. Um, so, so getting more, more interested in what exactly we're doing with that kind of thing is really, really important. Um, again, I think as we take a look at the future down there and what's happening at other ports around the country and around the world, frankly, there's a lot of other places that are surging ahead of us. They're moving into renewable energy. They're moving into electrification, into shore power, into hydrogen, into all these new jobs and industries of the future that we're not getting. Meanwhile, we here, get LNG. Yeah, meanwhile here, we're locking in 40 to 50 year fossil fuel leases at a time where we need to cut our greenhouse gas emissions. So we need to think long and hard about that. And uh, additionally, on top of that, this is a, it's an unusual process in that um, I sat on the city council last year, as some of you know, and sub-area plans usually are done by just the city council and staff, right? So this one's unusual in that the port has a voice in this, the Puyallup tribe has a voice in this, and then there's some uh, kind of non-binding stakeholder groups that are in it too. So city of Fife is part of that, Pierce County is part of that, a couple other different groups. And so this is really a regional play. Um, it's us coming together as a region and saying, what do we want this area of land to be? How are we gonna do this as part of the Northwest Seaport Alliance, which before I get shame billed, uh, that is basically the Port of Seattle and Port of Tacoma operating together as one joint entity for trade purposes, which together we make up the fourth largest port in North America. Um, so it's a really, really big deal and it has a lot of impacts. So I will certainly be paying attention to that. Candace talked about this a little bit, but um, the city and the port and the chamber and all these other groups said, hey, don't worry about it. Don't pass these interim regulations on fossil fuels. Let's just focus on getting this done. It took over two years to get an intergovernmental agreement signed. And basically all that is is a one-page document saying which agency is going to be playing which part of the process. Shame and who's that. going to be putting what. Shame on that. Shame okay. on that. That's what that is. It is, it is shameful Shame on because that. They're, they're telling everybody, you know, don't worry about it. Don't stress it. We'll get this done. But it's taken two years to get that done. So the actual process is underway. But very likely, whoever gets elected to the next term, that's going to take up a lion's share of the term. So hopefully, if, if Kristen and I get elected, fingers crossed, uh, we'll be there working on that the majority of our time there. So that's going to be a big focus. 
another thing though that I think is really important that is, is not discussed often enough is it is a major regional job center. And I think it's great for the region. I think it's something like three billion in indirect activity that comes through the port just as a result of shipping and imports that come through, uh, taxes that are paid, things like that. But a lot of that labor is not going to Pierce County residents. And I see that as a problem. So what's happening is they're actually bringing in a lot of people from Idaho, from Montana, from all these other places to, to do a lot of these jobs that in my opinion, should be going to people that live in Tacoma and Pierce County, especially in the underserved areas, if we care about equity at all. Well. We, should be, we should be dropping some money into worker retraining, partnering mm -hmm. with the school districts, partnering with the parks, with mm -hmm. businesses, all these other groups basically help them develop the pipeline of workers and of candidates, do something called a community workforce agreement or priority hire, where we're actually putting people in Tacoma and in Pierce County to work, Speak and not just preacher. busting people in from right to work states, where they're trying to union bust and drop wages down. And this is really important too, for a couple reasons. One of the big ones is when people have stable jobs and they have wages that go up, they can better afford their housing, they can spend money in their community, they can put money back into things that are important to them. Right now, that's harder to do when people are working just minimum wage jobs, and it takes something like 70 to 80 hours to afford a one-bedroom apartment well. here now. It's just really, really out of proportion. <laughs> Needs to be changed. But final thing, I'll, I'll wrap this up. Final thing is, I think uh, the port has done, frankly, an absolute garbage job at being a good community partner. Um, when I take a look at the Port Commission now, are they out there in the community? Are they attending events like these? Are they going out and getting ahead of big controversial projects? No pastor. Are they engaging with communities of color, with underserved groups? Are they engaging with the Puyallup tribe? They're not, that's the answer. And uh, it's, I think one of the most telling things is we recently hired a new executive director for the Port of Tacoma. One of the parts of the job description was improve the relationship with the Puyallup tribe. Yeah. And when this was included in the job description, then you know there's a really big problem. So I think somebody who is part of this community and really invested in it, wants to see it succeed, and believes the port could play a role in that, somebody getting out there and being in front of these things, going out to community groups and talking, making people aware of what actually happens at the port, how the community can be involved, and how this can serve everybody and not just three or four really large businesses, I think that's really, really important. So that's what I'm gonna be paying attention to. Do you have more quarters? I would like to thank Reverend Justin for testifying. <laughs> Pass the offering plate. No, uh, before we go to break, uh, a, a question for each one of you two. Uh, when it comes to Tacoma schools in the city of Tacoma, what's one story or one newsmaker kind of person that we should be paying attention to in the next six months? I hope this is a question about layoffs. Do you want to answer it yourself then? <laughs> We'll return. So what's one thing that you're really looking, that we should really have our eye on in Tacoma? In That's CBS? a great question. What what you, you ask that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? So one of the things I understand is that like school funding is countercyclical. And so when there's a recession, uh, that funding for schools goes down. I, I just explained it. You calm down. Uh, the recession though ended in 2009 and Tacoma schools just laid off some teachers and some staff members. And so like I have concerns and I think that we should all be paying attention to the school budget and like what's happening with the budget. Cause here's the thing, everything that Dr. Leon talked about is important. Everything Hope talked about was important, but you can't do it. You cannot do better ELL services, special ed services. Uh, you cannot provide uh, more services with fewer people, period. Like that's how math works. And so everybody should be paying attention, sorry, paying attention to those layoffs because like those layoffs matter. Hey Candace. Hello. <laughs> so for you. Um, at the city of Tacoma, oh God. Well, uh, other than our wonderful candidates, um, there's a new member on the TPU board. I don't know much about him. I just found out about this today, but the TPU board is going in a very interesting direction and that is another board that is not paid very much attention to other than when there's an issue like a drought or click. Um, the TPU board is, sorry. <laughs> Rate increases, right, and that's like half a second, and then people forget. Um, uh, the TB board has been trending in a younger, more progressive way, I think, and that's a great credit to the city council. Um, I think we want to see them do a lot of things, like renew the community solar program. Um, oh, I thought you were going to, like, shame me. Can a brother cross his arms and Trigger, trigger. Um, put more emphasis on electric vehicles, I'm sorry. And um, yeah, I think that's gonna be really important. I, I wasn't prepared for this question, I'm sorry. You did fine with it, you're good, you're good. <laughs> um, can, uh, 
Yes, ma'am. I'll just add school board races. So get, pay attention to those, read up on people, talk to the people running, and figure out what you want to do. Oh, and if I can say, okay, so uh, a lot of you probably know uh, Facebook and Google campaign ads are not allowed in Washington State this year um, because they were in violation of the Public Disclosure Commission. So you're not going to be seeing ads for your local candidates, all these lovely folks here and on Russians. Facebook. Russians what? like to buy bad too. The bots? <laughs> the bots? Minor details. And Russians. You will see Russians, maybe. Um, but you're not going to be seeing ads for these folks on Facebook, Google, Instagram, and you're also not going to see the level of coverage in the newspaper that you might have once seen. So you really need to get involved with people. Don't be afraid to throw a couple bucks at someone you like and talk to them and get to know them and spread the word because otherwise we're not going to get people out to these races and people aren't going to know about who's running your beautiful city. Is there a podcast where the host interviews people running for office that people can... <laughs> Holy shit, there is. <laughs> no, so for folks, raise your hand if you've ever listened to Sits in Tacoma. That's about half the room. Okay, okay, fine. I'll shut up then. All right. All right. Uh, That's pretty good. Put it on your summer homework for yourself there. We're going to be doing more beer drinking, so hopefully it'll be a lot more entertaining. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a break here, but before... Oh, last point. No, he, he already preached. He's I talk too much as it is. <laughs> Shut up, white man. I'm like, yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, hope, wait. I have questions, I have questions. Uh, Eric, I think it's time. Oh. Does the winner need to be present to win? Oh. Do it now, Eric. It's like that, fuck it, we're doing it live! <laughs> so, so, again, if you are a Channel 253 member. I just checked there's no new memberships. So just that, uh, drum roll. Nobody, nobody drum roll. Okay, there we go. Am I drawing? Soccer, nobody. Right. Jarrell Sanders, are you in the room? Hey! Where's the big floppy hat, Jarrell? <laughs> Two tickets anywhere that Alaska flies. Congratulations. Two. That's two. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll send you the details. Don't worry about that. Eric. That was really fun. Eric, that was really fun. I, should we just do it again? Fuck yeah, let's go. Yes. Just making it rain trips. Second prize is as good as first prize. Michaela Eves, are you here? She's not here, but let's cheer for her anyway. Yay, Michaela! I'm really glad you were here, because that was really fun. Okay, we're on break. All right, so you're now on break. Uh, if you have questions, this yep. is your last call for questions, get them in on paper via Twitter. Uh, I'll take a cider on the way. This is Alaska Airlines mileage plan MVP, Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry, the Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines mileage plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska Airline partners like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. All right, go ahead and take your seats, please, or take your stands. You have lots of questions. We have lots of answers. All right, all right. So I'm going to awkwardly walk towards you. So Enrique Leon uh, is a doctor and had to go work. And so he's not with us for Q&A. If you have questions for Enrique, which you had many, email him. He's a doctor. He took time off to join us and had to go back to his clinic, uh, which serves East Tacoma, so respect. 
Uh, so the Enrique Leon questions aren't going to be asked, but you can email him. Uh, and frankly, I'll, I'll email him and we'll follow up. Uh, so let's get to questions. Uh, our question, Mistress Kat. Hello. Um, okay, so there are one, two, three, four, like 11 Enrique questions, so we're going to skip those. Um, next, I see and uh, Justin slash Eric. What about access to Ruston? If you live in South or East Tacoma without a car, you don't have access. Um, this is one of the reasons why we need to, to fund Pierce Transit better. That would be the first thing that I would say. The next thing that I would say is Metro Parks in the city are, and TPU are working for uh, trail connectedness. So the pipeline trail coming out of the east side. Um, the, uh, what are we calling it now? The flume, the water flume trail coming out of South Tacoma. Um, and then from other parts of Tacoma, we've got uh, the Esplanade, we have uh, the Scott Pearson Trail. Some of these non-motorized transportations all get us close. Um, and then we have that option to try to then connect those to, to that. So that would be the other place I think that, that people could use the, um, get, get to these. But, but you're right, it, it's still something, um, we have some great public amenities along that waterfront. It's an incredible stretch of waterfront. Um, one of my goals is to try to make sure this isn't waterfront focused, but to, again, improve the amenities there. Swan Creek is the second largest park in Metro Parks. We have a master plan happening right now that's going to add uh, a lot of really nice things to that as well. So that's the other way to do this as well, is just improve the amenities in people's neighborhoods. I will be nice and not say something sassy about you can't park at Ruston if you have a car and have money to buy something in their shops. I'm not going to say anything about that. <laughs> Ruston, all of, I will say, all of Ruston is a, is a parking nightmare. I mean, yeah, um, and yet when you go downtown to Tacoma, the Esplanade, it's super easy. We, we are somehow culturally attuned to go to that waterfront and not that waterfront. And I'm not sure why that is, um, but, but no ice cream social. There you go. Um, but no, no, at, at downtown. But, but, but like, like, actually, if, if you are interested in trying to find a place to park near the waterfront, go to, go to the... Go to the Esplanade in downtown uh, Tacoma. It's surprisingly open. I think Eric said it pretty much perfectly, but one thing I would add with that is some of the areas connecting downtown and the, the I guess, that area right now, uh, the port does own some of that. Um, so one of the conversations I've been having with some of the developers down there is what are some ways that the port can be a better partner within the community on that? Um, not just for South Tacoma or any particular part, but just in general, finishing off the waterfront and the Esplanade and providing greater access to it. So. Um, no clear answers on that yet, but I think it's another example of what I talked about earlier of how the port could do a better job of showing up in the community itself and not just serving a few large businesses. Um, my next question, I'm going to ask this verbatim because I don't want to sound sassy, but this question is the sassiest. And I don't want to call it any names like Kettleson, but it's just definitely... It says, and I quote, how's that Northwest Seaport Alliance working out, camarada? <laughs> As somebody who's <laughs> personally responsible for the Seaport Alliance. <laughs> so if you don't know what the Northwest Seaport Alliance is, uh, back in, I think it was either 2014 or 2015, the Port of Seattle and the Port of Tacoma basically got together and said, it doesn't make sense for us to compete anymore, for us to all try to operate as you know, separate independent agencies. Let's team up, let's have one single CEO uh, one one joint operating agreement for for just cargo traffic for for just cargo traffic yeah so if you're if you're China and you're wanting to do business with the Port of Seattle or Port of Tacoma you're now doing it with the Northwest Seaport Alliance um, so in theory I think that's a really great idea I mean I think the global economy being what it is it makes sense to have these kinds of bigger partnerships together but as has often been the case in these kinds of things. What winds up happening is Seattle gets a better deal, Tacoma gets the not so good side of the deal. So a specific example of that, um, there was a recent project voted on called Terminal 5. So that is a massive multi hundreds of millions of dollar uh, large infrastructure investment that's happening up there. And uh, it's gonna be state of the art, renewable energy, all this cool stuff that's happening there. Port of Tacoma shouldered half the cost of that. We're getting no guarantee of labor, no guarantee of equal investment in the Port of Tacoma at all, um, no equal infrastructure investments down here. And that, by the way, is in addition to over $600 million of property debt that we're already paying on from economic development deals that went bust in the 90s. So we're now talking on something like 
40 million dollars or something of debt that we're not seeing any direct return on at all. So what I've told everybody that's asked me about this is I do think that's the right answer. Um, I think we should continue to pursue that and strengthen it. It's the right way to go. What I don't want to see happen and what I worry is happening is that the Port of Tacoma is essentially becoming a force multiplier for the Port of Seattle. And that's what we need to fight really, really hard against. So that if I'm elected, that's something I'm going to be working really hard on. I'm just going to jump in and add a point. So I went to a program a couple of nights ago um, for the Pierce County Democrats, and one of the speakers was Todd Iverson, who's with the Longshore Union, and he gave an example of this. He said one of their proposals that the Northwest Seaport Alliance was touting as, isn't this great? We didn't have enough capacity in our refrigerated, I don't know what. And, but luckily, Seattle had the capacity, so Seattle's going to do all of that work, and it's fabulous. Well, it's not fabulous because Tacoma lost 25 jobs, and those are 25 jobs that pay up to $90,000 a year. So you think about that. Those jobs in our community have gone to Seattle, and I'll just add, one of the reasons we need someone who can stand up to those old assholes on the Port Commission is because someone has to be willing to stand up and say no, right? And the people we have running are willing to stand up and say no, and we desperately need that. Evelyn Lopez, host of Crossing Division. Evelyn Fielding right. Thank you, Evelyn. Can I add one other thing, too? They're also proposing dropping the Tacoma from Seattle Tacoma International Airport. So that's, that's a Northwest Seaport Alliance proposal. They think it's better and that it helps the region and stuff. I say, fuck that. <laughs> Let's, let's make sure we fight to make Tacoma an equal player as opposed to just an extension of the Port of Seattle. Um, we're going to veer off ports for a second because we can come back to them. But this is for everyone. What are your ideas? Are there supports in place for South and East Side families to attend school board meetings? Transportation and language are huge barriers. We're leaving a large portion of our students out by having them. What are your ideas? Well, I... So, mm, do I want to say that? Um, I think it's interesting that people always want to say, here's a problem, and then people don't want to do anything about it. So, what I'm going to say to whoever said that, I love that question, but also, it's on you. Like, we can organize, we can work together. Like, the reason we have Adult Civics Happy Hour or have anything that happens in the city is because people get excited and get behind it. So, like, you have just as much power as anybody else up here does or in, in terms of that kind of organizing. So... One of the things I'll jump to, and I know Facebook is the devil for a lot of folks, but that has been one of the uh, primary ways that families have organized since the strike. And again, it started because a couple moms were like, and they were like, let's get together and do something and speak out against what's happening. And then that just kind of like went further and further. And there's like multiple thousands of people on that, in that group. And so I think when it comes to that kind of stuff, like go, if you have ideas and you have an answer to that, part of that is us doing the labor. So it's, it's driving around, it's making those connections, it's talking to folks out there and, and making the effort, even though we're tired, even though we have kids, even though there's a million other things to do, if that's something you care about, jump on board with that and, and, and post in that group and say, well, who, what's, what's being done already around this? And then partner with those people who are doing something or start something yourself. I, I, I like that a lot. I, I also want to add, um, if, if you don't feel like you can get to the school board for whatever reason or Metro Parks or whatever it is, start with email. I mean, email the, email the people who represent you. Most of them, I think, should email you back. And most of them. And so start there first, because I will tell you that, that uh, especially for local races, especially for local positions, you're, you're likely to get a response, um, even if it's not as quick as you want it. Uh, you're likely to get staff working on things because the school board member or the parks board member is going to say, hey, can we do something about this? The, the gears will start turning. If that's not working, that's when you go to the school district and, or, or the metro parks and say, like... I emailed you, and now I'm here because you didn't listen, and now we're going to talk. So that, that's my advice. Those meetings are boring for a reason. It's so people don't want to come and don't want to participate. So make it not boring for yourself. Bring a friend. Go out to dinner beforehand, right? Like, watch each other's kids, and then go participate so other people can jump in. And I know in particular with the parents, like, a lot of parents, there have been, I've seen in that organizing online, like, certain parents will go to represent other parents. And so, and they volunteer for each other to, to cover kids. This and is to, Channel and to cover transportation. So it is happening. I think we just need to do more of that. I agree with everything was said. In addition, though, I think, like, actual, like, proposal is 
is that school board meetings once a year should be one of the five conferences of high schools, which are in the corners of the city. Like, go to Lincoln, go to Stadium, go to, go to, go to. Metro Parks, when we were, uh, we, we started moving some of ours around. We were recently at uh, the Star Center, and, um, you know, a mom just brought her kid. And so that would be the other option. Bring your kid. Let, let, the, let, every, let everyone else watch him, too. We, we are thinking about adding a playground in, this is in our actual building for this very purpose, which more people should do, but um, that isn't our plans. But in the meantime, like, people just bring their kids, and it's, it's kind of nice. And speaking just to my time on the city council, too, I actually personally, and I'm speaking as a parent here of young children, um, I actually really like seeing kids in public meetings, uh, in part because what is the point of local government if not for future generations, too, right? I mean, we can, we can think about what's happening now and what's happening all around us, but at the end of the day, I'm thinking about climate change and how this impacts my children. They're nine and six years old. Uh, how they impacts the kids in this room, students that they're teaching, like what is the point otherwise? So they should be engaged with and they should know these things. So if the commissioners don't like it, then too bad. Also, oh sorry, yeah, clap for him because he's the shit and winning this tonight. Um, also in my day job, um, transportation and childcare, the two workforce development are the two biggest issues we face in getting people services. And something I didn't even realize was a thing that Lyft and Pierce Transit were partnering together on is last mile transportation to kind of augment Pierce Transit's not entirely robust transit system across Pierce County, but they did a, um, a, uh, pilot system that went pretty well, I guess, but they're looking for other pilots is my understanding. So like making those suggestions to government, like there are, we're all in our silos and we don't always know what's going on, but there are those people willing to try those things out there. I'm gonna ask our panelists to uh, make answers to the next few questions brief, please. Okay, um, this one, I had to go find out what it meant. Explain the new Attorney General Tribal Building and how that can affect Tacoma's future. The which building? Attorney General Tribal Building. Relationship building. Oh, Relationship building. Yeah, yeah. So, so from my limited, granted limited knowledge of that, um, that is basically the, the tribe and the Attorney General partnering together to kind of work on some of the regional partnership building. And Bob Ferguson, our Attorney General, he's, he's really tended to take the side of the various indigenous communities in the state, uh, which I think is fantastic. And I think, uh, especially as we consider things like the LNG facility, other things down here at the port where our local, the biggest local tribe here is the Puyallup tribe, and they're not happy about things right now. And so um, for them to start stepping up and for the state and other agencies and other players to start contributing to that too, I think is a really, really constructive thing. So there's a lot of work to do with that relationship. Um, there's no one thing that's gonna solve it on its own, but I think there's definitely some strides being taken by some people that are willing to actually make those strides, and I think Bob Ferguson is definitely one of them. So I just stick my nose into everything. Um, so what this is, is the Attorney General has a proposal now, it's become the policy of the Attorney General's office to consult with tribes before they take action on significant matters, including lawsuits. Part of this, I think, stems from the culvert litigation. If you weren't following that, this is to put um, culverts over streams so that streams have been blocked mostly by highways you know, can now flow and the salmon can reach their, um, you know, I won't say nest, nesting ground, it's not nesting ground, spawning, spawning ground, thank you. Um, and then also get back to the ocean. So it's significant for a couple of reasons. One, there's a lot of litigation that goes on and has gone on about land use and all kinds of taxes, everything with the tribes. If that can be avoided, that saves like millions of dollars for the state. Second, well first probably should have been respect, right? respecting the tribes and understanding their unique position as sovereign governing entities in the state of Washington. But this is unprecedented. I mean, other states are not doing this. So we may be seeing the beginning of something really important and meaningful here. All right, our last three questions are essentially the same question. So I'm going to read one of them. What alliances between Tacoma's parks and schools could help reduce demand for fossil fuels, i.e. bike and walking trails, energy efficient buildings, are in progress or could be near, or could be in progress in the future? Question for the Metro guy, sorry, I forgot his name. <laughs> it's Eric Hanberg, Thank by the way. Thank you so much. Uh, actually, uh, Metro Parks has some of its best uh, partnerships with the school district, um, and I see a lot I mentioned briefly just, you know, we could have parks at school sites. That's one idea. 
Um, right now, uh, Metro Parks and the school district built the Science and Math Institute's building um, at uh, the zoo. So Science and Math Institute uses that during the school days, and Metro Parks gets to use it at night and weekends and summer, because our schedules basically don't overlap at all. Um, so that's a really great way that you can build one building to serve two purposes. That gets to that. I think the other one is, is that Metro Parks would really like to take all of the really great work that's been done on Safe Route to Schools and then move that over to Safe Routes to Parks. I mean, all of that stuff where, you know, getting kids walking, getting kids biking, almost every school in Tacoma has a park next door to it. Um, and so that's something that, that, again, the more that we can get Safe Routes to Schools, the more that we can get Safe Routes to Parks as, as well. But it's one of those ongoing things where it's, it's baby steps, baby steps all the way. When I joined the board in 2010, um, I saw an early example of that. The Baker Middle School was being redone. We helped them rebuild it in a way where their gym could be locked off from the rest of the school so that we could use that in the evenings so that they didn't have to patrol the entire school at the end of the night for the, for the, uh, to make sure the kids weren't in it. Again, we didn't have to build another gym because we could use theirs. So it's just more and more things like that, and it's the kind of thing um, that I think Tacoma uh, is actually really, really good at uh, making those kinds of things work. Can I ask a question? Thanks. I appreciate you adding like what I said about I forgot to say to someone else's question, but so I just have to really ask my question. Um, I'm curious. I hear a lot about like what Metro Park wants to do, and like you want people to use the parks. I'm curious as to what kind of replay you're doing, like in the actual communities that are going to be servicing these parks, to see what their needs actually are yeah. to determine if that's. Something. So, so if you didn't hear the question, is what is Metro Parks doing to to fuels and to like reduce emissions? But like, my question is, are you going to the communities where you want parks to determine if people even want parks? Yeah. Right. So I do want, can I say one thing about the fossil fuels quick before I get to that part? So the, the uh, one thing I did learn recently is, is that Metro Parks is below its 1991 emissions, uh, which was the old Kyoto Treaty, which is a really nice thing that we are actually still going down on emissions. But the question that, that you're asking is about how are we reaching out into the actual communities that the parks serve? And a lot of people can't make the public meetings. They, they don't know that they should be sending an email and things like that. And so it's a really difficult barrier. One of the things that we've started doing, um, and we did this with the Eastside Community Center, is, is we, we literally went out into the community itself, on the one hand through the schools, where we had youth who said, this is what we want there. And because of the youth, there's now a recording studio in the Eastside Community Center. Like, that's what they wanted, so that's what, that's what we built. Um, we, we also did things like that with around um, the naming of it. We went into the community, we had it in several different languages, um, asking the community in, in the most international area, what are you looking for? Um, when, when we got uh, public funding, so we have 1% for the arts, uh, that was something where we hired uh, Chris Jordan, who's a local artist, uh, and uh, Kenji, uh, who, who's partner on uh, art, and they went out into the community and they got uh, instead of just us saying like we're going to hire a sculptor who doesn't live here and that's going to be our art, they went out into the community and they had uh, dozens of people create art and then Metro Parks used its 1% for the art to pay people in the community for the art that now hangs in the community center. Like I don't know where that's ever been done before. Um, so all of that stuff to be said, that's like that's one project and we just need to make sure that all of the rest of our projects are using that same model because, because more of them need to. Eric, I have a question. Hello. What is the criteria to be able to use the Eastside Community Center? So the question, oh, you have a mic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so ingrained. Uh, a, a significant portion uh, of the Eastside Community Center is intended to be free. Um, so people should be able to come hang out, use the Wi-Fi, things like that. Um, most of the meeting space is either free or close to free. The youth, if they're part of the whole child access program, which is tied to uh, school district and that funding around like free and reduced lunch, that gets the uh, youth in for reduced prices. Um, and then there are some paid for services uh, that, that are, you know, for the fitness rooms and, and things like that. And that's part of Metro Parks trying to balance both budget, like these are services that are valuable with the equity question. And that's a hard balance because it's like, People want government to be more entrepreneurial, but at the same time, you have to provide these, these services. So that's kind of how we've done it. The Star Center and the East Side both have large sections of it that are free, and then those specialized uses like rentals and, uh, and fitness rooms are, are paid for.
I want to thank you all for coming out tonight for a conversation about our city government, our cities, our parks, our schools, and our ports. Uh, dear, come with me really fast. And now we've come Stop it. to the end of the road. And I can't let go. You people are fucking exhausting. I literally, that not what it was, that I was cannot there? take you, I cannot take you anywhere. You always show out. Um, none of this, none of this happens without like the work of volunteers. Uh, and Hope has been uh, on the shame bell, uh, helping plan and coordinate, coordinating at the door, uh, reaching out. And so this is our 15th civics happy hour. And to quote Wu-Tang, the saga continues, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang, uh, but it will continue without us. Uh, we're departing uh, in August, and this is our last of happy hour. And I just want to say in front of uh, everybody, thank you for all you that you do. Uh, I love you, and you're the best. For you all, if there's a question that you still want answered by Rick A. Leon, email him and email me. I'm going to follow up with him. If you have questions about parks, hit up Eric or Jesse Baines. He wanted to be here tonight but couldn't be here. Uh, if all the folks running for office again could raise their hands... That's amazing. Um, you have people running for office for ports, for schools in the city here in this room. Talk to them, uh, pick their brains on the issues, see where they stand. If you haven't checked out our podcast, please, please, please listen to podcasts. Uh, in particular, Citizen Tacoma is perfectly positioned for these conversations. She talks to all the elected officials, all the folks running for office. Uh, these conversations are happening ongoing. And then again, uh, producer Doug, who made this sound beautiful. Producer Doug, thank you. Thank you, Doug. Doug's full-time job is audio production, uh, and he deserves to be paid for his wages, and we can't pay him without your support. So, there's that. Um, one clap, please, for the folks at Brewing. No, that was like, sorry. Okay, fine, okay, fine. One clap for the brewers, yep, go ahead, one clap. Okay, one clap for the hot dog lady. Two claps for yourself. Get out. Good night. Thanks so much for listening to Citizen Tacoma today. We are part of the Channel 253 Network, where you can also find these podcasts. Move to Tacoma, Nerd Farmer, Interchangeable White Ladies, We Art Tacoma, Crossing Division, Flounders B-Team, and Taco Man. If you'd like to reach out to us about anything you heard on the show today, or if you'd like to suggest a guest or a topic, please email me at candice.rude at gmail.com. That's Candice with an I, dot rude, R-U-U-D, at gmail.com. The Citizen Tacoma podcast is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Candice Rude, and I fly Alaska. To book your next flight, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.